Good morning, everyone. Thank you for checking out our November 1st West Alexandria Church of the Brethren uh, Facebook service. And so if you just come on, hey, I want to encourage you, especially if you are not local, you just watch this because somebody has shared this. Um, why don't you fast forward about 12 minutes and we're going to get to a word today called the power of thanks. And so... If you're not local, somebody shared this. Just fast forward about 12 minutes. We're going to get to a message called The Power of Thanks. If you are local, um, I have a really important announcement for you um, that involves uh, a free meal. If you'll just stick around for about, uh, including you, getting a a free turkey supper this November. If you will just stick around for about five minutes, um, we want to get to that announcement this morning. And so for everybody... If you are coming on, will you do me a big favor as you're coming on? Put put in those, uh, put in your three words there. Put in the three words. Let us know who you're with. And I'm going to check here because my comments aren't coming up this morning. Um, but want to get to, want to see who's all joining. There we are. Good morning, Mom. And give me just a second, and we're going to get to see who else is joining us this morning. Hmm. So as you're coming on, as well, put your, put your three words on there. Good morning, Pam. Put your three words on and please get to your uh, joys and concerns. Put your prayer requests as well as your joys because uh, I don't know what happened last week. There was quite a bit of delays about the time we got done praying for our joys and concerns. I got about two of them that came in. So uh, please go ahead and put your joys and concerns in now. Something that we can be 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 in prayer about when we get there in just a couple of minutes. And I am still trying to find the service this morning. There we are. All right. There we go. Now I see you. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Pam. Now, listen, my wife is going to come on at some point. That's Mandy Reich. She's going to come on at some point this morning. We've been having a little domestic dispute because she says I haven't seen her when she comes on, and she's getting offended because I'm not saying hi to her. I swear she's not coming on. Uh, I'm the pastor of her church, and she's not even watching the Facebook uh, live service. So when she comes on, if you notice she comes on, please say hi to her as well. And um, by the way, she's turning 40 on Tuesday. Uh, so you can, uh, she's getting really old. So you can wish her uh, a happy 40th birthday as well. Good morning, Mandy. Good to see you this morning. Glad you could be with us. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning, Donna Jean. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Greg. And... And I think I got just caught up on just about everybody this morning. So again, as you have come on, please uh, share your, uh, put your three words in there, but make sure you also put your joys and concerns. Those seemed to come in late last week for some reason after we had prayed. So go ahead, put your joys and concerns in now. And as soon as 1130 hits, which is one minute away, um, I got some important announcements to share with you. 
um, about some things that are going on this week. Good morning, Danielle. Um, again, as you guys are coming on, put your joys and concerns in, put your three words in, and we're, we'll get to joys and concerns pretty quickly here in just a second. It is 11, uh, excuse me, it is 10.30 a.m. One of my computers are not set back to, uh, so ho- or not, the time has not been set back yet, so you got you a little extra sleep this morning, and I get to say happy November to everyone. Um, and so if you are, so, so for those of you that watch this even after the fact, very important announcement. This Sunday, uh, excuse me, I am totally confused. By the way, I, I always get confused when I do this, looking at comments coming in. It's like uh, it's, if, if you have ADD, you'd love it. But for me, I don't. And so it, it's a lot of stuff to keep up with sometimes. But um, I want to tell you that this Wednesday, uh, we are going to be having our free community meal. Now, um, if you're watching this and you didn't know this yet, we had to make a decision to cancel our turkey supper, our annual turkey supper that we usually serve some 300 plus meals to um, every year. So that is the bad news. The good news is that for the most part, this coming Wednesday, we are going to be doing a very similar meal for free. That's right, completely free. Okay, this is a drive-through meal that we are going to start at 4:30. And we're going to serve 75. Uh, we're going to serve 75 meals, and we're going to be done. So obviously, that's not uh, the amount of meals we, we typically serve, but we're doing this one for free. Um, so here's we've Jill Sorrell has done a wonderful job, and I see you there, Jill. Thank you uh, for all the work you've done to put this together and and find a way to keep our community meals going. And so we're doing this meal completely for free. Um, just a couple catches are that number one. We're only going to serve about 75 or, you know, until we run out. And the other, the other is that we are not going to serve any meals before 4.30. We've been, every time we've had a start time, we usually get quite a few people that come before our start time. So we are not going to serve any meals before 4.30 um, this Wednesday night. Um, but we're going to serve the first 75 that come. Okay, so this is a, a turkey supper basically for free. Uh, I would say if you want a meal, I'd encourage you to get here before 5.30. Uh, we usually, um, when we've done our free community meals, we put a cap. We got about an hour before we run out of food, especially if things stay steady. So Jill has shared, we do not have any other needs at this point. Many of you she's already connected with, and, and some of you are preparing food for this meal Wednesday night. Um, so thank you, all of you that have served. Uh, the deacons that, are, that have helped prepare for this, the deacons are going to be here uh, to serve Wednesday night. And um, I just want to remind our deacons excuse me, that we will be having a short, uh, we will be having a short deacon meeting following um, the free community meal on uh, on Wednesday night. So hopefully I got all that stuff squared away. I saw Rod come on. Uh, I think I saw somebody else come on as well. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. Got Danielle also. And uh, everybody wishing Mandy a happy, uh, happy birthday and saying hello to her too. Thank you for, for doing that. Now, um, so that is the news. I want to um, talk to you a little bit about uh, just kind of what's been going on, why we're doing the Facebook service. Uh, you know, we kind of made this decision because we had quite a few people in our church that were quarantined. Uh, we had zero positive cases within our church, but over 10 
that were asked uh, to quarantine uh, due to being in close contact. Uh, so because of all that, we just felt that our statistics may be the highest they've ever been as far as the chance that someone coming to a service would have a positive case and then we would have a domino effect of things we would have to do if that would happen. So we wanted to, we wanted to avoid that. Um, and I believe uh, at this point we have avoided that. To my knowledge, um, there have been no known, um, none of those quarantines have turned into positive cases. And so here's where we, we need your help. Uh, if you have been in close contact, if you've been asked to quarantine or you are a positive case, and for whatever reason, I don't know about it, we have not disclosed any of those names. I mean, so one way or the other, some people have found out who these people are, but these, this is not information I'm going to disclose to the church as far as who it is, unless there is a need to. If you have been asked to quarantine um, or you, um, of course, have a positive case, I would like to know just simply so that we can, uh, it helps us make decisions to determine just how close to home um, this is, uh, you know, getting to our church. We will make a decision pretty quickly uh, tomorrow or Tuesday about whether we will reopen next Sunday. And, and uh, you know, based on the news so far, I think that seems likely, but we need to hear from you as well. So um, that's just those of you that, that know positive cases, if you've been asked to quarantine for any reason, um, again, that's not going to be public information to the church, um, but I would like to know it as it will help us make decisions as far as reopening next Sunday. So have any questions about that? Um, you know, you can you can put those in the in the chat this morning. Uh, so, last announcement uh, before we get to our joys and concerns. And again, if you haven't put your joys and concerns in there yet, um, please be sure to do that. Um, I still need your stories. We got a fun idea for a Christmas series this year. Uh, we're calling it True Christmas Stories. I have a handful. A handful is about three to five. Uh, Christmas stories that I have got in, and we said uh, November 15th uh, would be the deadline. So that's uh, two weeks from today. Um, I would really like to have all of those stories. I've, I've been reading some of them, the, the few that we've gotten in, and, and we're definitely going to be able to make some neat things work with this, but um, it's hard to know where we're going to go and what we're going to do. We're going to be minimizing our children's program this year, but we're hoping that uh, this could be something, whether it be skits or just little fun things, we can incorporate the kids into as well. But uh, we need your stories uh, to make this work. So however you can do that, um, I've had one person write, write some things down and hand it to me. I've had another person send me an email. And I've had someone else just sit with me and uh, share their stories orally. So this is your, your funny stories, your meaningful Christmas memories that, that we, will, we will find a way to teach to. Um, as we, uh, we celebrate uh, Christmas together. So still needing those stories, hoping that I can get those from you within the next couple of weeks. And by the way, uh, just did, we are, we, are, we are transmitting this morning out to the parking lot. Did not see anybody in there uh, in the parking lot when I came in at about 5 till, or about 25 after 10 this morning. However, if you are there, will you stick around? If you're in the parking lot this morning, we stick around right after service. I'm going to come out and uh, say hello to you as soon as service is over. So Cheryl, thank you. I see she's got some prayer requests coming in. At this time, we'd like to do our joys and concerns. So if you do have any uh, joys and concerns this morning, uh, please bring those in. By the way, Barb, I didn't get to say hello to you. Good morning. 
the one and only Miss Barb Kreitzer. We look forward to, to seeing you soon. Cheryl has asked for prayer for Phyllis Mobley. Um, my, uh, my mom had put in there a little bit ago about needing prayer for, um, for my grandma, Nancy Emily. Um, she is, or excuse me, Nancy Lay. Um, that is my dad's mom. She just been, uh, just getting some tests done, been feeling kind of weak and, uh, been quarantined, uh, been sticking pretty tight with the quarantine this, uh, through, through this season. So we want to keep, uh, Nancy Lay, remember Nancy Lay as well. Any other joys and concerns this morning? Good morning, Molly and Nick. Usually when I see that, it's, it's Nick, but, but Molly may be right there with you too. So good morning, whoever's there. Um, and uh, any other joys and concerns? You got Phyllis Mobley, Nancy Lay. Any other joys and concerns you'd like to uh, bring in this morning as I take a look to see if I missed anyone? By the way, good morning, Putt. Okay, don't see too many more. Hey, Molly. Um, all right, any other joys and concerns this morning? I encourage you, if you uh, are waiting just for a couple more uh as I opened this before even anybody got on, I just challenge anyone that, that views this video that is you know, not local that you may share. I encourage you to feel free to share this Facebook video. Um, I ask them to fast forward about 12 minutes if they're, if they're not local. And so it kind of jumps straight to the message. And so uh, if you'd like to share this video after this service is over, uh, that would be great. And especially for those that, uh, that uh, would just need to hear uh, the word of the Lord this morning and uh, be in contact with a living God. So let's, uh, oh, there's one. Uh, family, Barb Kreitzer shared a family of Joan Burkhead as she has, Joan has passed away this week. Okay. All right, well, let's go uh, to the Lord in prayer this morning. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we can have as we are, dis are discerning and making decisions together as a church. Uh, to protect our people, but also to be the universal church in one accord. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the community, <clears throat> for the community of believers uh, that, that we make our yeses and we make our noes together. Uh, this is what we see in, in Scripture in Matthew chapter 18, that the church of Jesus Christ can come together uh, to make decisions to what is best for the whole. And we thank you that we've had that that accord in these seasons of, of, uh, of this virus and, and determining what is best for this moment. But now in this moment is more than just about a Facebook live service. It's about people that are, that are, that are watching this, this morning that have given their lives over to you. And I know that this moment is a time when they have set aside to connect with the living God as they connect with community. And so right now all across this church, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would soften hearts and reveal to people that you are near. You are present with them in this moment. And some have come with burdens as we've come with a burden for, for Nancy Lay. as She's, uh, she's just having a season of, of, of quarantine, but also some health issues that has her weak and taking things day by day. Lord, I pray you be the God of healing and comfort, Lord, for her and her family. For Phyllis Mobley, 
uh, for Joan Burkhead, the family of Joan Burkhead, who is, uh, as Joan has passed away this week, all around in, in moments of mourning is an opportunity for a family to come together, to draw near to each other as they draw near to you. And Lord, I pray that would be the season for Joan, uh, for Joan's family. As they remember her and they take of the legacy of her life, uh, may they lift up their eyes and you give them eternal perspective. Lord, we thank you for this privilege to be together as one community this morning. And now together, even in our own living rooms, we're going to pray the prayer that you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Leanne. And we are ready. I'm ready now to jump in. And uh, if, you've, if you fast forward about 12 minutes or whatever, we want to begin a message today called the power of thanks. The power of thanks. And I need you to do something. I need you to open up your Bible. Get your Bible out. I know you haven't done it, but we're going to, you haven't done it yet, but you need to go do it. You need to go get a Bible, get your electronic Bible, whatever it is, because we're going to be reading uh, quite a bit of um, scripture this morning. And it's going to be in a passage that you've never heard before. And so you're going to need to get your Bible out so that you can uh, kind of see this story for yourself. Um, and once you get your Bible, you can go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. <clears throat> Second Chronicles chapter 20. And again, today we're going to talk about the power of thanks. And as you're getting your Bibles and you're going to Second Chronicles chapter 20... I want to open today by telling two really bad jokes. Sometimes I think these jokes might uh, fly and people might laugh at them, but I know at least in this church, no one is going to laugh at these uh, for you know when I tell them. So I know these are going to be two bad jokes, but I'm going to take a shot at it anyway. So listen, I thought it was neat. You know, one thing you know is we're thinking about being grateful and the power of thanks. I got to say, I've been encouraged. You know, sometimes we have to take a step back with all this. Uh, with, with, with this virus and how it's kind of forced us to be at home. And so I'm thankful that I've had, I've had time to do things that I never would have had time to do. I've had time to, you know, clean out closets at the house. I've had time to clean, you know, clean my garage up real quick to do some new landscaping around the house. We've kind of rearranged our kitchen and all the cabinets have time to do all of those things. I haven't done any of those things, but I've had the time. And so I've been thankful that I've had time to do these things that I normally don't have time to do. And speaking of saying thanks, I had a friend who finally got, um, he finally got a job. He's having such a hard time getting a job. And, uh, I asked him what happened. He said, I was really surprised to him. The interview, uh, the interview said, so where did you, uh, so, you know, he noticed the gap in his resume and he said, so where have you been for the last five years? He said, oh, I've been at Yale. He said, Yale. Wow. Well, you're incredibly qualified. We would love uh, to have you come aboard with our team. And after that, uh, you know, after, after that, he said, wow, I am so thankful to have this job. So 
lots of things to be thankful for, but I want us to take a look at Scripture, and I want you to see a story this morning that you probably have never read. Um, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, we're going to be reading about a guy named Jehoshaphat. Uh, he was a king of Judah. And many of you know Jehoshaphat, really common name in our culture. If my, you know, if we would have had a boy, you know, it wouldn't have been Daisy. It definitely would have been Jehoshaphat. Um, so, so you, I'm sure this is someone you barely heard of. So we're gonna we're gonna read scripture today and uh, hear a story about the power, the power of thanks. So let's begin with the word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it speaks to us across generations and across. Uh, time periods, and, and I say across generations, as, as your word speaks to different demographics of people, but it also speaks from thousands of years ago to today. That's because this word is anointed by your spirit, and it's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, and in a moment like this, even in a Facebook Live service, someone can experience your presence because their heart is open and ready to receive your word. And so, Lord... May we be a people that are seeking this morning, and may you open up our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Now listen, get, get a, little, uh, a lot of reading today, but I want to give you some background work real quick, okay? Um, in, in Second Chronicles, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And a little bit of this story is that uh, Judah and Israel split. They were all one country. You, you, I think you understand that. And then at some point, um, there was a, a rift that took place between the two. About the time, about when you when you kind of trace this is about the beginning of First Kings at the end of Second Samuel. Um, so there's a rift, and there's now the uh, <clears throat> northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. Israel never really had any good kings, and Israel basically went into captivity with the Assyrians. Judah did have some good kings. Judah was kind of an up and down, or Israel was just kind of a straight down downward spiral for them. And one of those good kings was a guy named Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat is known for that when he became king. Um, you know, it records in Second Chronicles seventeen three that the Lord is with Jehoshaphat. It says that he did not consult the Baals, which means the the false gods, and he tore down all the high places. That means he tore down all these uh, towers and, and images that were constructed for all these false gods. And he sent officials. This guy Jehoshaphat actually sends officials out into all of Judah to teach them the scriptures, to teach them the law. Now. The, the challenge that's recorded with Jehoshaphat is that, it, you know, he, he allied with, with, um, with, with, with Ahab, who was considered to be a wicked king in Israel. Now, you know, his intentions, whether his intentions were good or whether his intentions were purely political, I think it's safe to say that both of those things were kind of true. There's, there, he had some good intentions, probably had some political protection intentions, maybe had the intentions to unite the two countries. But he was actually rebuked for this, to, for rebuking with a, or rebuked for allying with the wicked king of Israel. And so in chapter 19 is when he gets rebuked for this. And so by the time we get to chapter 20, um, where before it had said that, that Jehoshaphat you know, sought the Lord and therefore the Lord gave him this favor, uh, no other nations wanted to mess with Judah. They were all kind of fearful of Judah. Um, what happens now when we get to this passage is that, that he's actually... Um, there's now countries that are willing, uh, other nations, excuse me, that are willing to take um, Israel, or excuse me, Judah on. And so here's, that's where we pick up in, uh, 
in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So here's what it reads. I hope you got your Bibles because we're going to jump around a few things. Some good stuff in here. It's a story you probably never read before. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. My heading says, Jehoshaphat defeats Moab and Ammon. So here's what it reads. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Munites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. From the other side of the Dead Sea, it is already in Hazan Tamar, that is in Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Remember that word, seek. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Now, if you got your Bibles, again, I hope you do, and take a look from verses 6 all the way down to verse 12. You can skim through and see a little bit about what Jehoshaphat says there. He stands up in all the assembly and reminds, uh, it's almost like he's reminding God, but what it really is is a proclamation of the character of God and all that God has done for them and what he wants for them and and describing to the whole nation of Judah what this relationship has been like and Now they're in this conflict and uncertain of how things are going to go because all these nations are rising up against them. And so here's how it ends this whole speech in verse 12. It says, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And I want you to listen to this prayer because you, you could probably pray this prayer today over one season of your life or over one aspect of your life right now. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And so here's what happens next in in verse 13. It says, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. And then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattanai, a Levite and a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Ju- Judah and Jerusalem, this is the, what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. This is the cool part of this text. So if you blacked out for just a second, come back to me right now. Listen to what happens here in verse 18. So it says, he, he, Jehoshaphat and all uh, the people of Judah, they, they bowed down before the Lord and worship. Then some of the Levites from, from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. 
After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for their splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So that's what they did. We're going to get back to that in a second. That's what they did just when they heard the word of prophecy. Victory has not occurred yet. But the word of the Lord was revealed to them that they would be victorious. Interesting attitude that all of Judah has when they hear this word. Now, they take the word of the Lord as its fact and that causes them to worship. And so now take a look at what happens in verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Lord set ambushes, it says. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. These guys were all allies. They rose up and destroyed each other. And after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So you have to imagine this scene when the men in verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground and no one had escaped. They didn't have to fight this battle. All these people, all these people that these men that came to invade them actually had slaughtered each other. Now, this doesn't make a good, you know, PG-13 movie. These are the kind of Bible movies I wish they would make because it would kind of have us all with our Jaws dropped and make the Bible a little bit more interesting uh, stories we could tell. But, but nonetheless, here's what it says in 25. So Jehoshaphat has went, to, went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, the assembly uh, in the Valley of Barakah, they were where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Barakah to this day. Now, I want to give you three. I want you to notice three things that t- took place uh, in this text. Three things that took place in this text this morning, um, and they come out. Uh, th- th- those three things are seek, receive, and give thanks. So the first thing. That Judah does in this moment of conflict, this moment of fear, this moment of uncertainty, is they seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat leads them in seeking, but I want you to look at verse 13, 20 verse 13, because if you just read this for a second, I've never seen a moment like this in my, oh, 21 years of, of Christian faith. Take a look at verse 13. This is what Jehoshaphat led them to do. It says, All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Imagine pulling everyone in the, 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 the country, everyone in the nation, out to seek the living God and bring the whole family so that every generation will understand how, this, how important this moment is is this is not just something for the adults this is not just something for the kids this is not just something for the men this is not just something for the women no we all need to come together and seek the lord 
you know, this extends to our family. This extends maybe even to our, as well as to our church family. That, uh, you know, sometimes we're in this together. And in this seasons of, uh, when we're in a season of uncertainty, when we're in a season of conflict, um, when we don't, as, we, as it's declared in verse 12, when we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you, it's okay to bring others into this with us, to seek the Lord with us and to feel the urgency of this moment, this burden that we're carrying. And so the first thing that they do is to seek. And what I love about this passage is, you know, I'm not, we don't know historically whether this was actually there, but we don't read about all the people of Judah complaining. We don't read about Jehoshaphat complaining first, like I've done, I've been good by you and now all this is happening and you brought, you know, the complaints that like they had against Moses in the wilderness. You brought us out here to die. No, we just see Jehoshaphat with a conflict. And when the next thing we see him doing in leading all of the nation is to seek the living God. Maybe that's what you need to hear. Before we begin to complain, before we begin to become frustrated, before we begin to become fearful, before we begin to have that sense of hopelessness. Seek the living God. And if you need to, to ask others to join you, as in this text they declared a fast, and ask others to pray with you, your family as well as the church, our church and the church of, of the living God ought to be a place where others can come and agree with you in that season of confusion, discernment, or fear. So the first thing they did was they seek. The next thing that took place is after they sought, they received the word of God. Now, now what's different about this is obviously this is Old Testament and they had a prophet. They had a prophet that gave them the word of God. Now, uh, I don't mean to diminish New Testament modern day prophecy because this stuff still happens and the Lord can still speak. Uh, but the, the, the New Testament a word of prophecy can certainly still come in our life. But the Spirit of God through the tag team with Jesus being resurrected and allowing the, the Spirit of the living God to come upon this earth. The Holy Spirit dwells within the hearts of people like you and people like me. And so the Spirit always has a way of speaking to us. The question is whether we are listening. The question is whether we are ready to listen. That's why it's important that we have, that we be people that learn how to, to set it apart some time, however long it may be in our day, just to pray and just to listen, <clears throat> to allow God a consistent avenue to speak to us because we are setting aside the distractions of this world and saying, Lord, I realize I need to connect with you more than anything else. And so to be ready to receive the word of God. So in this case, it came through prophecy. and But oftentimes there's, there's a lot of truth that you've already heard, that you've already read, whether you've heard it in a sermon or you've read it in your Bible, that we just, for whatever reason, have forgotten to apply those things. We've forgotten about some of the promises that Jesus has already made to us. And so, in case you've forgotten, I'm going to go ahead and give you a few right now. These come out of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus, that might be the first thing we need to hear is to give thanks. Next, Hebrews 13, 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Romans eight twenty eight. 
And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who has been called according to his purpose. Another promise we always know in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And in James 1, 2, 1, 2 through 4, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. I want to encourage you to receive the word of God this morning. To receive maybe a fresh word that the Lord's speaking to you through this video right now. To receive something that you read in your Bible maybe this morning or maybe yesterday that you just kind of glossed over but didn't recognize that the Lord was wanting to do something. Maybe some of the circumstances in your life have pointed uh, to a word from the Lord. We have to, the, again, the challenge is not whether God is speaking. It's rather it's whether we are listening. And so they, they sought and they received the word of the Lord. And the last thing they did, of course, the key point of this whole story is that they understood the power of thanks and they gave thanks. Here's what's so neat about after they get this prophecy. They get this prophecy <clears throat> excuse me, from Jehaziel, Jehaziel, and he, he tells all these things of what's going to happen and how the Lord's going to deliver them. And they didn't just pack up and go home and say, so glad we prayed for this. So glad that the prophet spoke. We're good. God's going to take care of us. So we can go back and have our Sunday dinner and we can end our fast. Church, what's the next thing that they did? In this text, before victory had ever occurred, they worshipped. They weren't skeptical about what God was going to do. They believed the word of the prophecy. They, they received the word of God and they gave thanks. They gave thanks for that which God had already done, as we see in some of Jehoshaphat's language. But they also gave thanks for what God was going to do in their future. What a basic universal principle. We give thanks for what God has done in our midst of conflict. We learn to give thanks for what God has done in our past. We take a step back and can give thanks for what God is doing right now in our midst. And we give thanks for what the Lord is going to do in our future. Now, in this case, the power of thanks was that God annihilated just by his own power an entire army. And none of the people of Judah had to lay a hand on anyone for that to happen. This is what took place in this text. But in the Old Testament, like in this text, thanks caused them to win wars. And in the New Testament, thanks will cause you to see that you've already won. I'm going to say that again. Today in the New Testament, in the day that you live in, if you learn how to take a step back and say thanks to the living God, this will allow you to see that you've already won. The thing that's right in front of you that you don't understand, that you don't know how you're going to overcome, that you don't know how it's going to work out, when we can take a step back and realize what God has done in our past, our present, and even though we don't know the future, we get reminded of the things that we're not supposed to be chasing and what His will 
and his purpose for us is in this moment. Thanks breaks down the power of sin and insecurity. It can break down the competitiveness and vengeance that may be in you. And we need to see all that we have been given so that we are not consumed with what we don't have. And that's the biggest part of the battle, isn't it? We find ourselves chasing things that the Lord said you the Lord said we never needed to be chasing after in the first place. Approval. Security. Comfort. Knowing. We love to chase after knowing. I think that's what I chase after the most. Is the ability to feel like I got my hand on something. To feel like I got control of something. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. Because I know. Because I've taking care of it and always that buzz to get something done so I feel like I got everything under control. And the Lord just likes to remind us at times that there's, there's going to be many things that you won't. Remember who I am and what I've placed you here on this earth for. And so I want to encourage you as we enter into the season, we've begun November, we enter into the season of, of thanks. Uh, I want you to, whatever, whatever it is that you're, you're uncertain about, whatever you're uneasy about, if there's, there's people that we're praying for and, and healing that we're asking for, there's just this, this sense of uneasiness. Um, maybe before you complain, before you get frustrated, before you get confused, take this to the Lord and seek Him and receive the, the word of the Lord for you. And I hope you understand how that can come in many different ways, but it is important that you learn to intentionally make time to set aside some time to allow the Lord to speak to you and that you have an attitude that is willing to listen and ready to listen. And even before, maybe it's before, maybe it's after you receive the word of the Lord, learn how to give thanks. Gratitude can truly change everything. As again, as I say in the Old Testament, that thanks in this case caused them to win wars, but in the New Testament, we learn to say thank you. It allows us to see that we've already won. So I'm going to end abruptly today. And I'm, not, I'm going to end abruptly because I'm, I'm going to say a really quick prayer because what needs to happen now is last week you went and listened to a, a song that was just a declaration that you still believe, you see what God's doing in you. Here's what I encourage you to do as soon as this is over, all right? Uh, you and anybody else is in that living room with you, I want you to get hit your knees and pray. Now, pray might not be the word because you may not understand prayer like this. When you do this, you don't get to ask for anything. You just get to take a few moments and say thank you. And take a few moments and acknowledge and say thank you for, for everything in your past, for your future that, that comes to your heart in this moment. And just give thanks for what the Lord has done in your life what he's done in the past, what he's doing today. And you can walk away from this time together, even through our Facebook live service and confident of what God is going to do in your future. So quick prayer for you, Lord, I pray an attitude of thanks and gratitude over my whole congregation. And as this service ends, whether they're by themselves, whether they're with their kids, whether they're with their spouse, may they draw near to you and be reminded how near you are in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, that's for you now. I'm cutting this off.
Uh, we'll be in touch this week about where things go from here. But I want you to draw together, have a moment to just say thank you to the living God. And God bless you. Thank you all for joining us, and we're going to see you real, real soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.